Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 99 of Planning Face Syndicate, customizing your X-Wing experience, along with our Pride of Mandalore review. Tonight, we're going to be talking about some alternate formats that you can use to play X-Wing. Um, there is two formats we are not going to cover. One of those is going to be Epic. The other one is going to be Hot Shots and Aces, and I apologize for that. I know that should technically be part of it. But I didn't have enough time this weekend uh, with Mother's Day and everything going on to prepare for us to um, talk about Hot Shots and um, whatever, the, the, whatever the Hot Shots pack this stuff is. But we will, we will cover that, especially if they don't drop new points. We're, um, we're, we're waiting for points, and we were genuinely hoping we get points this week. And obviously, those did not show so either which way, we're going to be having a great conversation about some alternative formats, stuff that we've played in my locals, um, stuff that I've played online. And then, like I said, we're going to get into the Pride of Mandalore organization kit. Also want to say a uh, happy Mother's Day to those who celebrate. If you celebrate Mother's Day or um, have a mother that you want to celebrate it with, I uh, hope your day was amazing and outstanding. With that being said, let's bring in my co-host for tonight. Mr. JJ finally realized that he can't wear his Giants and get away with it. Gridiron, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing right. I actually misplaced my hat somewhere, so that's the only reason why that. And I'm wearing gel from being outside all day uh, for um, for Mother's Day. And I definitely want to forward those sentiments on for everybody, all of our viewers and stuff. Happy Mother's Day for everybody who celebrates it. Hope you guys had a great time. And I hope you guys uh, got to spend time with your your family and your uh, the mothers in your life. And uh, just had a great day. I know I was able to uh, spend time with my mom um, and as well as my uh, my wife. Well, we were celebrating this week um, or this weekend, rather, uh, just going out for like a special dinner, going out, you know, getting stuff done and uh, and actually able to speak to my grandma all the way out in Ecuador and stuff. And she was happy to hear us and stuff. So it was uh, definitely a really good weekend uh, filled of, uh, filled with family. Yeah. yeah, and that's fun. That's fun. You get to you got to speak to your grandmother. I, it's, uh, we went. We also went over and saw um, my mom and my grandmother too, who is going to be eighty eight this year. Um, and she has little, a little bit of dementia. She got some issues. She's on you know hospice or end of life care. But uh, um, she was happy to see people for the little bit of time she was able to. Um, I did my hair today too. See Look at that. I, I don't normally do my hair for the cast either, but I did my hair for the same reason because we went out and I was like, I don't want to wear a hat everywhere I go today um, and stuff like that. So either which way. Yep. So how you been? Hopefully you had some good food. You you told me you got some Cuban food today. So I'm oh, jealous. Yes. Yeah, so originally there was a whole debate between like where exactly we were going to celebrate Mother's Day, right? Um, we we've tried it before where we try to go to like a restaurant and like you know have the whole family out there and stuff, and you know we're for, for the large party party of like twelve, so. Um, you know, we because of how busy it is in our area, we're like, OK, what if we just brought their food home? And there's a, a great um, a great Cuban place that we know of near my mom's place called Lechon, uh, which is in north north. East Raleigh, um, if anybody knows that area, over by the Triangle Town Center. Um, if you ever get the chance to go over there, highly recommend that their their pork is 
awesome, especially with their chimichurri <laughs> sauce. Uh, so we ordered a ton of food and we brought it over to my mom's place. And that way we had it like a family style um, and where, you know, everybody got to eat whatever they wanted. And uh, it was just awesome. We had a great time. Yeah. And it was nice out today, too, though, wasn't it? Like, yeah. I mean, I guess you're in an area where everything's like 100 degrees hotter than me. But um, we had like great 70 degree weather for the most part. You didn't really need your air on. Um that type of stuff so it was it was pretty fun you know um and, and my daughter has not been sick uh from the medicine at all so um yep. she was actually able to participate this week and she's been going back to school so um that has been kind of a burden off of uh, the wife and i a little bit here um to see her being able to enjoy these type of holidays so yeah absolutely all right so like I said, tonight we have like an interesting show. I, I don't know. Like I find this stuff interesting and I know we've, we've, we've talked about this before and we're not technically the specifically highly competitive podcast. Like we're more, we, we, we do focus on the competitive piece uh, for the pure fact that JJ and I are pretty competitive. Um, though I think my record is better than his in our nickel city league right now. Yes. Um, by far actually. <laughs> and, and I think I might take the buy this week so that that way I could keep my record higher than his. I think I'm four and two and you're what? Three and I'm three. Like, I'm three and three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if I lose this week and JJ does win, we will definitely be tied for our nickel city um, league. So yeah, there is a chance that I won't get to lord that over him. Uh, well, I mean, I, I will be taking on Crispy this week, uh, so <laughs> he's definitely not a uh, an easy opponent. He is a uh, a, a very good X wing player. Um, he is tough to beat, but hopefully, I can uh, use the rebels to overcome his uh, his CIS uh, nastiness. <laughs> so are <laughs> you win. are you um are you holding your game off till end of the week? No, actually, it is tomorrow night oh. at eight o'clock. Yes, oh, sad dates. I was just saying because. We like I talked to um let the Wookiee win right and and him and I yeah. were talking and I was like well this is my week let me know what you have well I'm available pretty much anytime I'll, he's like do you really want to wait till uh, we get new points and I was like if we get new points and we like if if it drops and we know it's gonna hit that Friday I would love to wait till that Friday and you and I just like put some crazy list together and I, because like we're out of we're we're out of the playoffs officially um yeah. we're three and no six as a team. Now. Yeah. So really for us, like this is a for fun week anyway. Um, and, and I'm not like I'm not going to run a try hard list unless JJ wins. Then I have to run a try hard list just so that I can maintain my a better record than him for the season. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I'm not planning on I, I have some very silly fun lists that I've been playing around with. And um, I'm hoping we get new points just so I can just throw some BS on the table. Like I'm hoping we get a big enough point change. I can throw some crazy BS onto the table um so uh if you don't know what we're talking about we are talking about nickel city x-wing league season three greg is going to be having a season four and once they wrap up um the league for the season i plan on having greg back on and talking about the league a little bit and um and helping you know that because greg has mentioned we might take a month or two off um until next season uh so I'm not excited by that because I use this league as practice. <laughs> like, like I like this league a lot and I get to practice. Like I practice more because I'm in this league um, personally. So, but um, either which way, I think Greg's given us two months off and um, which will be fine. Cause I got some store champs coming up and the company I work for is integrating the other hospital system 
uh, July 1st. So uh, pretty much my life from mid-June through mid-July is like insane. Um, I'll just have to play and stream normally. You're right. I'll just play on stream normally. There'll be new points. So, I mean, I have a reason to play for store champs. I do. I do actually. But um, either which way. Hey, what, I, when is your, your uh, next store champs? Well, I haven't told the wife, but I signed up this morning to go to a store champ in Ann Arbor on the 28th of May. So that is the official first one in Michigan that I know of. Um, and then we are talking about doing our store champ kit, our first, our, our first one um, for uh, our, the, the West side is going to be June 3rd um, in Granville, Michigan. And I don't know why Corey hasn't announced it, but I know Corey's been busy with work, but essentially we're doing June 3rd for our store kit um, for the gamers wharf. Um, and then we have another store kit up in Muskegon uh, that we're going to try and schedule for July. And I can't remember the name of the store up there. And the guy, Tim's going to shoot me Monday, but there is a store up in Muskegon that has one. And I believe there's a store in Granville that also has one. And then the out of the box store that um, is in Zealand has one as well. So we're looking at putting one together for uh middle-ish of July um, or end of July, one for um, mid-August, and then uh, one in September right now. Wow. That's and then we lot. have Michigan GT coming up, and we do have store champ kits officially qualified or set aside for Michigan GT. So I will make the announcement. The guy gave me permission. I don't know how I'm paying for them yet, but we have them. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I'm hoping that the store donates to us, uh, which is kind of what we've requested. But if not, I will be paying out of pocket and sponsoring it with our planning phase syndicate, um, a little bit of uh, Patreon money and donations we get. So if you like what we do and you like want to support the Michigan GT, because I may end up paying out of pocket for these store kits, um, you're welcome to hop over to our Patreon or you are welcome to hop over on to our. Uh, you can use your subs for which on here as well. Um, and like I said, all that money goes 100% towards the podcast. JJ and I have never, <laughs> we never see a dime of that. So it all goes to either price support or other things like that. Now I have another announcement before we get into anything. We are officially have cards in development for planning face syndicate. Um, we also have a set of tokens in development, our goal. And I'm trying to push JJ to push his uh, store champ kit out till July. <laughs> so that I could get him prize material. Yeah. Um, but we have a set of like six-ish different card types and at minimum two to four types of tokens. Then are essentially they will be available for um, Patreons first and for giveaways and sponsorships. Um, that, that'll be the first thing that they're going to be there for. All of that money is coming out of my pocket right now. Um, so all of that will be stuff that I have commissioned um, in some way, shape or form. We are working on what's called different uh, planning phase sets. I guess we'll call it for now because I don't have an official term, but we're what we're doing. And I can't show you anything because I don't have approval um, yet to show you some of the designs. But I think next week I will have approval to show some of the designs um, once I get the tokens signed off on. Um, but I have a wonderful guy named Corey who has donated his uh, labor love. But what we're going to do is we're going to package all of the stuff together and it's going to be a missiles 
and torpedoes um, kit. And essentially, it's going to have specialized art um, pertaining to each of the different missiles. It's going to then have um, on the back kind of what the missiles do, as well as our logo. And then the tokens we're designing are going to be unique type tokens. So like torpedo tokens will be a specific torpedo type. So that let's say you bring protons and plasma torpedoes on two different ships. You can get both sets of tokens and then you'll be able to use them and they'll be unique on those different ships. Um, so that's what we're working through right now. We're going to create a whole set. We're going to do some bombs. Bombs will be on is on the list. Um, we don't quite have those ready yet. Um, I'm waiting to see what points happen. Uh, I know AMG will not get rid of torpedoes and missiles. Um, that is a thing of theirs. So that's kind of where we're working towards. And then we're going to be doing some of the newer pilot cards as alt art cards as well. And that's going to be kind of our second set. Our goal, and, and let me, and I know this is long winded and, and I know JJ hasn't jumped in at all, but our goal <laughs> essentially is to create these sets and then to put them on a website so you can purchase them for very reasonable prices. Um, to use as supplementaries for um, store champ kits or if you held any other tournament. And that's the ultimate goal. I can't tell you how long that'll take to build a website. I can't tell you how long it's going to take to put all this together, but the guy I'm working with um, will be able to help me. And essentially we're partnering with him to make it an even partnership. And then um, Patreons are going to always get the first crack. Or if you go to a tournament that is sponsored by Planning Face Syndicate, those are going to always be the first set. Then what we're going to do is make them public so anybody can buy sets of them. You will never be able to buy just one card. <laughs> You're going to have to buy one of the sets. But essentially, we are going to build a store by the end of the year is what our goal was. Um, that will allow people to, you know, so you don't have to be a Patreon. Or if you want to become a Patreon and you don't want you, you don't want to just buy the stuff outright, but you'd rather support us and get old back stock, we can work through that type of stuff. Very exciting news, in my opinion, um, yeah. coming out of the uh, out of the gate. And I apologize. I know I told you we do a lot more in-person streaming or attempt to do that. That is on hold this year uh, because of my daughter's medical situation. I don't have the money to invest in in travel right now um, because we just we just don't. So um, we thought an alternative to that would be how do I help augment store champ kits, right? And that way you could charge 25 bucks. You can purchase a kit pretty cheaply from us because we are going to make these very reasonably priced and you'll be able to purchase that kit and then just use it right along with store champ kits. So that's kind of what the goal is. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, as, as all this develops, you know, we'll be happy to present all this information to you guys. We're excited for some of these designs that's coming out and it's going to be some real, our first real attempt at the at prize support for uh, our coming events that are coming up for us. And for my end, I'm definitely working on getting uh, the live stream going, especially since it is store champ season here in my area here. And I want to be able to cover as much as I can here. Uh, so uh, stay tuned as, uh, as I'm able to get that up there. Uh, we'll definitely have some in-person um, streams going over here uh, in my end and uh, hopefully we can bring some great X-Wing content for you guys for the uh, coming store champ season. Awesome. So let's get into the first topic of the night. And our first topic of the night, what I wanted to talk about was alternative formats to play X-Wing. And again, I'm going to say, hey, if uh, I, I apologize if it's not your thing, um, but this is what what 
what generated this was in our locals we spend so we spent so much time prepping for worlds and all these other events right and at some point we burnt half of our team half of our players out and they just said we're not this into um competitive play like you guys are so um we decided to create some alternated formats of some of the things you know and love. So we were playing Aces High um, at least once a month, and we decided to create something called Aces Squared. We also have another format that we did for the Droid Soccer, where we altered that so it was more fair. Um, and then the last one was an online thing that I played called Top Gun Alternative Format. And we'll get to that in a minute. And then we'll cover the Pride of Mandalore as well. But to begin with, we have Aces Squared. So essentially, the idea behind Aces Squared, um, and, and again, this is this is meant for three to four people, but you could put more um, on the table. But essentially, every player gets two ships in Aces High to play. So you're no longer just one ship. You get two ships, and we'll talk about activation and all these other things in a minute. But the idea behind a lot of this is you get to participate um, with dual ships so that that way if everybody focuses fire on one ship you at least have a second ship that can play now in terms of the points limit for this are, are we still are you guys still doing like six points per ship is there a restriction for larger medium bases um like what what is the uh, requirements for those very good question to ask so we are capping everything at 11 points the so between the two ships 11 points yes the okay. most expensive ship can be six points, though. Okay. Makes sense. Um, and we also, we we have played it both ways where we have not had, we banned large bases, essentially. <laughs> like, all large bases are just banned. Um, but we, we, we essentially said if it's your nine health has to be, you cannot have more than nine hit points, essentially. And that's kind of how okay. we eked out a lot of the larger ships, because... How many large ships do you know that have less than nine health or nine health or yeah. less? I don't think exactly. Any. Yeah. Um, now, I did try to break it the first time we did this by running uh, Boba Fett with a um, angle deflector, which stripped the shield, and I immediately got shut down and told you can't do that. So <laughs> it wasn't a Boba Fett. I apologize, but it was. Why are you trying to break things, there. man? Come on. So the first very first time we didn't have the six point limit and that's why we went to six points because because you 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 we I could do that. And um so essentially you get two ships. Um depending on which way you want to play, we have done mixed faction, which is so much fun. Like last time I ran Grievous and Boy Vader. And it was the funnest thing in the world to be able to have Vader and Grievous on the table. Um, we also have done the same faction or mixed faction. So it kind of goes either way. That's a choice you get to make, right? Um, we said the max is six. Um, we, we did put a min of five, but you, you, we, we didn't care if you wanted to run a four point ship and give up that extra, you know, point, we didn't care. Like that's your choice. Um, whatever floats your boat, no more than nine health max, including upgrades. So you cannot lower your health with an upgrade. You cannot add health with an upgrade to be over nine. Okay. We banned all regen, <laughs> no regen period. Um, because that's at the point of aces high, right? Like no, regen. yeah, exactly. Um, we banned double tapping because they didn't like snapshot. <laughs> <So, you know, laughs> that, that's, well, that's kind of what prompted that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
we banned dial peaking, obviously, and we banned like precog um, and supernatural. And we also said no ion. Okay. Um, and that was just because like you drop that ion bomb and everybody, you can neutral. And now that you have six ships on the board, you can like nail three of them. And it yeah. became a, a little bit more um, hectic to do that. Um, so. Uh, the obstacles are the same. We just say, basically, you put two obstacles on the table of your choice. And so if there's four people, there's eight obstacles. If there's six people, uh, there or not six people, three people, there's only six obstacles. So that's kind of how we did it. If if there is more people, there's more obstacles. And if you can't fit an obstacle, it did not get put on the table. That's just the rules. Um, nice. Okay. So if you were smart and everybody wanted to work with you, you could essentially place everything, I believe, the max we got before you couldn't play something was seven. And that's because we also have the hyperspace tokens, right? So you have your four hyperspace yeah. tokens and you can't put an obstacle within range. One of those. Um, we do have a diagram and I'll show you right here. This is how essentially we place the hyperspace. And we do this on purpose, <laughs> right? We allow you to put obstacles at range over range one of the board and we essentially had to make sure you were able to do a two hard or a one hard so that's why these obstacles can't be placed within range one of there makes sense okay and yes that was because sean was a tricky little bastard um <laughs> essentially we do a road roll and then the first person you know for it and then we just kind of go around Starting with the player, they put their first obstacle down, range one of the board edge, speed three extended for each hyperspace marker deployment, um, and place obstacles so there's no more room. So now in terms of uh of keeping track or like the objective of aces high, right? Normally when you're playing one ship, you're looking to get X amount of points uh on you know for yourself. Um, did you adjust the amounts of points that you needed in order to win aces high? Uh, we have, yes, and we have adjusted how you get points, which was a little bit different um, than before. Okay. Um, so essentially, so let's go through ship placement first before we talk about points. How about that? Okay. Um, just because the ship setup set is unique. And I'm sorry, this is not a range one. This is a range three speed, which is pretty much, you know, the range a little bit farther than a range one. Um, but Essentially, we roll roll for ship placement. Um, so we just we, normally we just do whoever had the obstacle and we're around the table. Um, but we did do the roll roll. So like if there's three of us, there's me, Corey and Sean, and I rolled three crits and Corey rolls two hits and Sean rolls one eyeball and Corey's to the left of me. Sean will get to place before Corey. So we did not go in order around the table. We did it literally on the road roll. Um, gotcha. So the first player rolls the D6. One through four is assigned to the appropriate hyperspace marker. And then a five through six is any hyperspace marker. Then what we did is you roll your attack die, right? And so you follow the same thing, blank eyeball um, hit. If you roll the crit, you get to place it anywhere on that obstacle. So you roll your D6 first. Then after your D6, you roll your, um, your, your, your red dice, essentially, right? Gotcha. If the place is taken, the player may then get to choose a position. So if you, let's say I placed on an eyeball on four, 
and you roll four and then you roll an eyeball, you get to pick whichever one you want on that that, that thing. It's like a hit and a crit, you know? Um, the way we do it is you go around and place your ship, then it goes to the next person, then the next person. So you don't place both your ships. You only place the very first one. You only have to place your first ship, then it goes to the next person, and then the next person. Um, we did change it at the end to the clockwise, but um, the, the way I like it better is it goes in the road roll format. Um, it was hard to remember that, though. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But that was fun. Um, so once your ships are all placed on the, on, the, on the mat, you all set your dials. You do the same thing. You roll roll for the first player. Obviously, initiative doesn't matter. Same as Ace is high. You get to choose, though, which ship you want to move first. So this is where like, we brought strategy into this piece here, is you get to move your ship before anyone, anyone else's ship, or they get to move theirs first. So let's say you and Von Reg are on, you, you got Vader and Von Reg both on, a, on the four, both facing opposite ways. Obviously, you know, Von Reg can just do that one hard um, and then be able to target lock, focus, or whatever he wants to do. Um, but then your Vader has to be able to outsmart it. So you have the ability to move whichever one you want first, no matter what, what order. So if I have Vader and Grievous, I would make a decision based on where all the positions are. So if let's say Corey respawned his Von Reg and he respond so that Grievous is behind and I'm first player and Corey's second, I'm moving my Grievous first to try to get in there to make sure that I get a wide angle to outmaneuver him, to force him to be unoptimal. Um, anyway, so that's kind of how the ship movements work. They just go right around in the order. Um, the spawn rule is the same as before. Now, scoring. Here is what you, you talked about for scoring, right? We did one point for first blood. Then we did one point for half points. And then we did one point for killing. Or if they had a bounty on them, you get that additional point as well. So let's say Grievous okay. has two bounties on them. First person that gets them, shoots them, gets a point. Second person that gets them the half gets another point. Third person to get to kill him gets the third point. Nice. I like that. Um, and then if he had two bounties, the person who killed him get both those bounties. So Grievous was not the uh, one I like to kill things with. Grievous, I like to score half points and and first blood. But I hated when he got bounties on him because he just became an easy target. Then, <laughs> yeah. yeah, two green agility doesn't do well when you have somebody throwing proton torpedo at you. Yeah, all the time. I mean, he can uh, you know shrug off a couple of crits, but after that, it's like it's he dies pretty quick. And you could choose your point round um, and time combo. Essentially, um, we tried uh, 45 minutes to an hour. Um, we originally started with six points, and it was done in like 20 minutes. So we've been going to 12 points. Um, and essentially, whoever got to 12 points first or closest to it won. Yeah, because uh, the six points was just really hard. But the the default we started with was the six points. And it just went by really quickly. So, um, then the rest of the ships and stuff like that, the rest of the rules for Aces High are very similar to X Wing, um, stuff like that. Now, we have a few additional things that we have, um, 
we have talked about introducing, right? The first one yeah. is a buff uh, for ships that get consecutively attacked, right? So let's say everybody focuses on Boy Vader. <clears throat> After the first one, we had talked about, you know, if if the second person shoots and hits him, he also gets like a free force token or a free calculate or something like that that they can use. Um, we have not tested this, so we don't know how it is, <laughs> how good that would be. But that we that was a discussion. We also discussed moving bounty points to the first damage instead of the kill so that that bounty point moves around all over the place. Okay. Um, we have not tested that either, <laughs> so I'm not going to tell so, you that that's good. So question first on this one here. So I, I know that since you're at, you're doing two ships now, right, per, per player yep. for this one here, um, does the initiative matter at mm -hmm. all, or is it just a rotating initiative? It's it's just rotating based okay. on your road roll. So can on your turn then, right? When it comes time for you to activate, are you able to choose which order you want to activate yes. your ships? Okay. A, right, so that and, okay. And and you also don't activate them both at the same time. You only activate one. Oh, okay. That's okay. so that's even better. You don't activate both your ship. You activate one, then your opponent has to activate theirs. And then there then the next opponent gotcha. and all of that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, there's a bit of strategy to that. I actually like that uh that nice little addition over there. Uh that's that seems like a really fun way to actually spice up aces high. Hi. <laughs> but um I'm definitely uh liking the the add-ons for the for the different bounties in the uh and for that. I'm a little kind of on the fence about the bus for it you know especially if you're um trying to give like a, a extra token for a ship that uh, gets consecutive uh, consecutively attacked i almost feel like you want to try to make it a point to fly away with that particular ship if you feel like it's going to get attacked but um i guess it does need further testing in order to see how good that buff is yeah i mean we're talking it's just a one-time buff right like you don't right, get to right. keep it like it's not a free force token every turn or a free evade gotcha. or whatever it just be one. Um, we also talked about doing um, all the players are not friendly to the current attacker are considered friendly or allied. <laughs> we <laughs> talked about doing that. Okay. That way you could have weird um, interactions like with friendly and allied ships. Um, I don't think that one will work, but we have discussed that. And I think that might be. That's a fun thing. So again, these are things that we we do at local. So like this is like something that we would want to do um, to test out. And if it works, we add it to the doc. If it doesn't work, we just chalk it up to a shit week and you know, like call it. Yeah, definitely. So that is our Aces squared format. Nice. Yeah, I definitely like, you know, having other ways to play in there. Like for me, um, back when I was in Orlando, um, for my local over there, we used to play. Uh, we would take a month off from like playing our standard league games and we would do like a, a whole month of like years of the Turi cluster. And like we would like just run that particular campaign and just have fun with the game, you know, working cooperatively versus, you know, just that that one on one uh, type thing. And it, it was just fun, a really fun way to just have fun with the game, with the models and um, in enjoying it in a different way. And this format uh, kind of improving on aces high. I definitely uh, like that, uh, this idea. I definitely want to try this out. Yeah. And we found with the two ships, it's just, it's more fun for the player. And yes. I only say that because like, if you do get picked on, you know, like 
like I ran Wedge and uh, people wanted to pick on me because Wedge is a bully. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and so, you know, like it's not fun when your ship can get one shotted in a round, you know, like yeah. it's just, it's not real fun uh, experience. And this offered to the fact that you basically, the, the probability that both your ships are going to get eliminated, people got to be a dick, you know, like, or your ships have lived so long, you know, that because they've lived that long, they get both killed in one round. But normally that, that doesn't happen, you know? Yeah. All right. So let's talk. The next alternative format uh, that we had, we have been playing is the alternative format to droid soccer. Um, essentially the idea behind this is to help build skill more or less um, than this is more of what we would consider like a beginners. Let's build skill sets. Let's help people understand maneuvers because there's a little bit more that goes into this than um, other, other ones. We decided that the original droid soccer had some big faults in it. And the faults in it were too manipulatable um, to make it fun. Um, though Zach will argue with me and tell me that he'd rather just do the original. But that's because he's a scum player. And this kind of kills scum a little bit. Um, not going to lie. Though he beat me. So I don't know what he... I don't know. He beat me. I was undefeated. I went 2-1. and one, And he went 2-1. and one. So, I mean... <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, but we did this because this builds a little bit more than just that dogfight piece. So the aces high is that dogfight piece. You like the dogfight piece, play aces high. That's that or aces squared. That is our version of dog fighting. This was specifically designed to force you to say, okay, do I want to keep my ship back to protect the goal? Do I want to be able to come after the goal in that aspect, right? Or the droids and make sure you can't score. When we found people would just dive in, uh, when I dived in with them, it became very hard uh, to just immediately win. So so our list building changes were we basically say you have to have four small base ships. We excluded medium and large base for this one um, and said you have to have small base ships with different initiatives. You must use the same faction. <laughs> we did not want multi-faction ones. Um, and then a 20-point list building um, is still in place. We added extended to it, but uh, put the band list in place. We also banned any ability or upgrade that pass and remove red tokens, ion tokens, or stress tokens. Any of those are banned. So Placoon cannot spend a force to take an ion token, <laughs> which yeah. I did not read very well uh, originally, and I brought Placoon instead of Obi. And uh, couldn't use Plo Koon to do his ability. So um, <laughs> he was yeah. there for the I-5. Yeah, he was an I-5 and I would almost rather have Obi, but whatever. Um, I ran Republic. If he did, so, you know, I ran for for Jedi because I thought that'd be fun. Um, so scoring is kind of the same. Most goals win um, with a max of two. Um, that's not in here, but that's in the regular rules. Um, if there's a tie, we went with most droid touches. So maybe you know whatever the droid ball is, we had to count every round the droid touches, which I think is in the rules. If that's still a tie, then we counted um, scored ship points. Um, and then if we really were tied after that, you just road roll. Um, for the tournament setting, which is essentially how we played this, we did a mini tournament. We played three rounds. Every round was 45 minutes. 
Um, we offered the option to have a potential playoff match if it was long enough. We didn't have enough time. Um, so we got three rounds in, uh, and that's how we did it. Um, if there was going to be more than 12 people, which we did not have, we would do a top cut of two. Um, that never happened. So that's just kind of a suggested piece. Um, the timer starts after placing the last droid soccer ball. Um, so once everybody placed their droid soccer balls before you set dials or anything, we just started the timer. Um, round ends after 45 minutes if the planning phase has not begun. So essentially, we kind of played it like if you were in the middle of setting your dials, we kind of let the last another round play out unless somebody was like just grievously winning. Um, yeah, now the points is sense. where we scored points differently, and this is this is this is really the bigger change other than the four small bases and banning ions and red tokens. Essentially, if you win by scoring goals, you get three points. If you tie in scoring goals, whoever gets the most droid ball touches gets two points for that win. If you're still tied, then whoever has the most ship points killed gets one point. Your maximum earning potential is three. And obviously the minimum is one. If you do a Royal roll off, you get one point. So obviously the goal is, is to have the most um, goals, right? That yeah. gets you three points. So in your three rounds, if you didn't score goals and you didn't get droid ball touches and every game was won by whoever scored the most points killing, you would end up with three points <laughs> for three yeah. rounds and not winning. That's actually how it all came down to is because I won my first two on goals. Um, so I came out with six points and then I lost my last game, but Zach got it only by points killed because he killed one or two of my Jedi's. We also respond to Jedi's and respond the ships. So uh just like the original rules say, um, so I don't know if we ever got to the point where one would respawn a ship and then they kill it again. I don't I don't think that ever happened. Um but there was that. So, so nice. nothing super fancy on that one, but that's kind of our alternative format to droid soccer. Yeah, it's definitely a nice little um changes there. I think that definitely addresses some of the issues the format originally had. Um so I definitely like having those those changes apply there just to make the the feel of the game feel a little more balanced, a little more competitive and uh, probably a better format overall. Yeah. Yep. And other than that, we essentially, however the cards were, whatever the other things were, we kept everything else the same. All right. The last alternative format here is called Top Gun. And I don't know, JJ, I don't know, did you play Top Gun? So this was... Yeah, I have not. Mm -hmm. So this was first introduced to me by John DeBoer, like back when I first started playing X-Wing at the beginning of 2020. Um, so this idea comes from the nostalgia, right, of Top Gun, right? You have your main guy and then your wingman, wingman or whatever. I don't know, wing people. Um, yeah. And the idea is, is um, they, we, we had to change it a little bit from like the 200 point build list building once we lost all of that. Um, so this is uh, our group's modified version of this. And this has not actually been played at our locals um, yet. 
this is new to the um scene and this is something that i've just played in online and then um and gone kind of gone from there right uh so the idea is is you get 10 squad points and you can um either have two to four ships but you get 10 squad points total all your ships must have the same hull type so it has to be essentially the exact same so if you use an x1 all your ships have to be x1 so if you take boy vader at six points uh, you better be able to find four another four point. Well, you could f bring Juno, and then you would have Juno. Um, and the idea is is that um, originally the original idea was that one or more of the ships had to be generic, right? So the original idea was you'd have one main one and then generics, but because AMG does not like generics, um, this got tweaked in the tournament I played in with this <laughs> because uh, it was not. It, it did not work. We'll just put it that way. Um, because the generics just got nothing. So you'd have one really powerful ship and then a bunch of shitty ships on the board. So it was kind of boring. Um, so now they kind of allow it, but you could say technically you want to have all generics um, for it. But the idea is, is the standard list is uh, for Top Gun is two to four ships. So you could run four droids if you wanted, but they all have to be the exact same chassis. Um, we did, nice. when we played this, we played it in extended with a band list. Um, back then, there was not auto blasters in the band list, so that was super fun. Um, but that was the thing. Objective-wise, essentially, all players bring four objectives to the table. So there's a total of eight objectives for two people. Um, any of them that can't be placed or removed, same as like what we did with the others. Obstacles can be placed within range one of the board, so outside of range one. Um, but you but you cannot have more than two of them in front of the starting player's side. So you cannot do what you could do in Armada, by the way, baby, which there's a there's a there's that card you could take with you. And if you get to pick that card in Armada, you get to put all your obstacles down either first or second, and you place them yeah. all at the same time. Yeah, and I can't remember the name of that card, but that card is the best card in my opinion in Armada. Yeah. for your objective cards. I love that card so much. Um, and you could just set a wall. You could, you, in Armada, you could set a wall of of them up, and then your opponent just gets really pissed. Super pissed. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this one, you can only put two of them in that area, because otherwise your opponent's just never going to be able to fly. Um, okay. The objective that we played was Chance Engagement. Um, I'm guessing that's probably the only one you can play with this. I don't know, because like if you only have four ships on the board, I don't know if you could pick all the other objectives up or not. We've only played this with chance engagement. Um, okay. Game setup is as normal, same way as you would all the road roll mechanics. Everything is the same. Scoring is the same as as you as chance engagement. And the reason we did chance engagement is because this is more of your um, dogfighty, you know, feel to it. And that's kind of what we tried to make it is you get a wingman or a couple of wingmen if you're droids. Um, and basically you get to uh, run a bunch of ships and the round is 45 minutes with a five minute buffer. Um, and then points are essentially scored as normal um, forever. So, you know, if you reach 20 points before 45 minutes, you win um, just like normal X-Wing. And if you don't at the end of 45 minutes, they, they score points as normal. All right, but this is really fun, and 
I actually, um, since Greg is watching, I'm hoping Greg will adopt. You should take this, Greg. And when we have our off season, I would actually play this on stream. This would be fun to play on stream. Um, it is very similar to Aces Squared, but the point scoring is just different. There is an off season. You told us there's an off season, Greg. I don't want an off season. I just want to like <laughs> run all. I just want to keep running. I want to go right into season four in June. Now, actually, I don't because I have freaking. Uh, <laughs> I have it, it worked, but um. So anyway, so this was this was before the aces high type thing anyway. But this is um. This is if you want an alternate format where you can put more ships on the table. It's just a two v two, but you want like a different weird way to kind of play the game, um, without getting into the story narrative. <laughs> this yeah. is this is what I felt. This is what I felt brought us back closer to um, 2.0. And um, when we were making the transition between 2.0 and that, this was super fun to play. Uh, during, at least during COVID, this was fun to play. I played in at least two tournaments with this format. So I didn't win any of them. Yeah, you know, just looking at this format, right? Like, I'm just, like, taking a look at, like, different, like, ships in the across the factions that, you know, I would be able to run multiples of and stuff. And, you know, my first start, obviously, are the arcs for the Republic. I mean, you should be able to fit for them pretty easily in there. Um, those seem pretty good in there. And then I'm taking a look at the T-75s, uh, or uh, the T-70s, rather, for the the Resistance. Those definitely seem good. You know, you're able to fit Poe plus three other T-70s in there and make a pretty good squad over there. Um, and I think that's actually a, a really nice... Um, a nice format to to try on there. Uh, the other one that I was uh, I was taking a look at is the um, is the tri fighters for the the separatists. Um, those would probably be the ones I would try to run as a four off, but I don't know if they would necessarily be viable um, since they can be pretty fragile. Yeah, I mean, and they can be. I, I, they got firepower, but you got to think they're at four points each. You're giving up two points on the table. Yeah. So that That's would be true. unless you ran the reroll droid and something else, I guess, you know. Um, However, four nine techs, you know, with ensnare, that's got to be nasty, man. Well, you can't run four nine techs because they're not two and a half points each. You you have a 10 oh, point yeah, that's limit. Right, that's right. That's right. No, there's yeah, yeah, no yeah. way you there's no way you would run. The idea is a 10 point limit. <laughs> Um, yeah, 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 that makes sense. But yes, and snare was like you could run Sunfac, I believe, and I believe I could run Sunfac in like one of the Petronaki aces. Um, only one would get in snare. So I think I ran Vader, Vader, and whoever the three point X one was. Uh, Sirtek, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's who I ran. Um, in the first tournament, I ran in. I ran that. And then the second tournament, I think I ran. Um, can't remember. It was Luke in like a no name X wing, and I didn't do well in either of them. I didn't win, <laughs> so obviously. But it was when I first started playing X wing too. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, that's definitely a really fun, um, uh, a fun variant to play. Uh, if you do end up playing this in your in your locals, uh, definitely let me know, man, because I that. This seems like a fun way to like get some quick games, but thematic at the same time. So I think that's a, a really fun way to to play that. Yeah. Yep. And each all three of these formats 
that we have shown you tonight are um, the links are in the description of our episode. You are welcome to put comments on each of them. All three of them are open to commenters. If you play it and have a suggestion, add it, add a comment to it. Um, you can also join our discord and let us know, you know, if you like playing it. Um, I would love at some point again, if I could push Greg to, um, to do at least like this top gun aces format was super fun. Like I would love to do that piece of it, but it would also be kind of fun to have like four of us in a chat, uh, online on Greg's stream, yelling at each other over aces high, or it would be even <laughs> funner if Greg had to commentate on all four of us. Like let's say maybe you and me and all oh, let's get velvet Buddha in there. And I don't know who else pick another person from the league. Let's get somebody Chris else in me. there. You get crispy. Yeah, so just all four of us. And then Greg has to commentate on an aces high format, aces squared format with the four of us all running that. That would be fun. Okay, yeah, man. But you can't use Vader and Grievous. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just calling it ahead of time. Cool. So, all right. For the last segment, what I wanted to do was I, we had a Pride of Mandalore release. I think, I think I have not seen that kit in the wild yet, um, at all. So I don't know, but we had the release from AMG, and I thought, why not cover it? Because once we get, once we get back to um, new points, we will not be talking about anything but lists and stuff like that. Um, so here is my little snapshot of the Pride of Mandalore. So essentially what it is, is it ha shows you the cards it comes with and it kind of gives a, a little synopsis of what it does. So the idea behind this, from what I'm told, is that this is supposed to be a one day casual event at your game store. So this has to be some sort of a kit, um, probably like the droids you were looking for. Is that is yeah. that how you see that, JJ? Yeah, that's exactly how I would say it. This is something similar to to droids you're looking for. Um, I gotta say though, the artwork that they they have spoiled for this is awesome. That's a bean run card for clan training. Just looks amazing. I know, I know. I really just want that card. Like, I don't want to play this uh, right to begin with. Like, I'm gonna be <laughs> in the middle of practicing store champs. But I will tell you what: if our local store gets this kit, I will. We, we will spend a weekend or a week playing this. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that, you know, with these type of play kits here, um, if you're especially now with, you know, the store champ season going on, I think that this is something that you run on the side as well. You know, once you get enough people that want to drop and no longer want to participate running this type of, of kit um, just incentivizes people to stay and play, uh, get some cool swag from the event and uh, and yeah, just have a fun time, even, even if they're if they're not doing so well during the store champs. Yes. So the way they made this sound is the heart of this kit is two scenarios. So they have scenario one is the aggressor and scenario two is protector. Is that how you see it? Like, I, I don't yeah. I didn't quite understand uh, what it is, but um, I'm, ass I, I'm assuming that you play each side. They don't say, but I'm assuming you would play each side. Yeah, it seems like you take turns being that 
that team, right? Like one person will be the aggressor, the other one plays the protector, and then second game you swap positions. That's at least how I understand it, yeah. All right. So the first scenario, they say players will battle over three caches of Beskar with the protector working to seek to recover as many of these caches as possible with the aggressor attempting to stop them. Either side can attempt to tow a Beskar crate to its board edge and score a mission point, but towing towing that cache limits the actions that ship can take, making it more vulnerable to an attack. The best is they don't tell us what freaking action it limits. (laughs) Um, But it does. So as you can see, they have a nice cargo shuttle here. And this one says at the start of the activation phase, the protector must reclose, re, re, uh, do whatever (laughs) the cargo shuttle in the play area using a speed one, um, template or a speed two template. Then if the cargo shuttle relocated using a speed one, it recovers a shield. So if you go slower, you get a free shield regen at the start of the engagement phase for each cargo shuttle chosen, choose an enemy ship at range zero to two and roll two attack die. If there are any hit or crit results in the roll, that ship suffers one damage. Wow. That's huge. They, it basically acts like a, um, a roaming Mandalorian commando um that gets to uh basically take a free shot and it doesn't have like a, an arc either it's just the bubble around it from range zero to uh which is pretty great yeah so like i said so so the first so this this is the first uh, scenario where essentially one person is seeking to recover the caches and the other one attempts to stop them mm-hmm. and i'm guessing that you get this cargo shuttle card if you pick one up um, which is the, a neat little, um, you know, phantom there, or I miss it. Can we call it a phantom, or do I have to call it by its bullshit? Yeah, I think I think you can call it a phantom. <laughs> now, the um, the what I understand for that particular card, it looks like that you you have the five shuttles on the board, and you you keep track of the damages done to all those shuttles on that one single card on there. Um, so it looks like you'll be able to assign like hit tokens onto those uh onto each one of those shuttles for you to keep easy track without having to like spread out and have each individual like damage deck for or damage card for each one there so it's a nice little quick way to to keep track of it there um now i see so that would make sense so so there the protector is moving them and then and then putting their their ships on the board to try to stop the the other ships because can you imagine if like I, I'm just going to use an example. If I have four Fang fighters, four Fang fighters flying in range one to shoot one of those shuttles, it's going to die. So you have to have opposing ships, otherwise, like it'd be one. It would be one sided, right? Like logically. Yeah. Exactly. Now, the one thing you know, now that I'm taking a look at this and I'm I'm currently searching for it, is um the store kit that we had uh, gave us um, a cardboard insert, which had a couple of escape shuttles on it um, to, to use. Now, when you, when you're using, um, I guess, a proxy for the escape shuttles, are you using like a physical, like small base 
or is it like a cardboard that you're using to move ahead? I'm guessing it's a cardboard. Okay. That would be my guess. I could be wrong though. And I guess it's like a car. It's like a super commando token, except for it's probably the size of a base. Right. Exactly. Which means it's going to clutter the board. <laughs> but yeah, I was actually looking for the uh, the one that I got from Richmond Open to try to see and compare there. But it definitely looks kind of interesting there. Now it looks like. Um, I was trying to see exactly how those condition cards apply. It's like, do you get to assign that to one particular ship in your list? I'm guessing those are those the second scenario. Yeah. So yeah. So just taking a look at it, it says in both scenarios, players get must choose one non-limited ship during uh, squad building to become a child of Mandalore. In addition to gaining the Mandalorian keyword, a missile upgrade slot, and an additional ten loadout value, players can choose whether to assign the child of Mandalore traditional war or tradition peace condition at the end of set setup, giving it another ability. So this actually is the first time that we see a generic. Being uh being pushed here from AMG to actually enter the game. Well, that's cool. Yeah, we haven't even gone over the second scenario, but yeah, that's that's actually really cool too. Because so, can you imagine bringing a Mandalorian? Um, oh, but those those are pip though, aren't they? So yes, they are pip. They're they are unique. Yes. So what is the generic? I'm just going to pick Fang Fighters because I just like Fang Fighters, and I think that's what I'll run in this one. Um, but what is what is a generic Fang Fighter called? What do they call them? They're just fang fighters. Yeah, I know, but they have what's the name of the Skull Squadron or right, so, um so your Skull Squadron is gonna get a missile slot and ten points of loadout on top of whatever they get. So what does the Skull Squadron get now? I don't know. We could just look this up. I think it has a mod slot currently and a talent slot. Well, let's look, baby. Oh, Oh, no, a torpedo slot and a mod slot. So, I mean, you could do uh, optics and a missile if you wanted to. Yep. So this Zealous Recruit gets two mods. The Skull Squadron gets a torpedo. Yeah, so you get six points. So you could add ion torpedoes. <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be so dirty. And then you get another missile slot. And then, or another, yeah, you get another missile slot and 10 more points. So now you have 12 points. So you could run clusters and a shield upgrade. Yeah. That's what I'm building. Don't tell anyone else. But that's what I'm building. <laughs> but remember, only one of those generics yes. gets the, that yes. stuff there. Now, the other part, too, is giving it the setup, right? Or that uh, that condition card at the beginning, right? So if we look at traditional war, it says, while you perform an attack during the modify attack dice step, you may spend one charge to reroll one of your blank results. This cannot be recovered and get a total of three, or you could do traditional piece. While you defend during the modify the attack dice step, you may spend a charge if you do the attack or must reroll one of their hit or crit results of your choice. Um, so either way, I mean, uh, I, like using this in conjunction with your Fang Fighter um, 
that that you would add on there. I mean, you add on Beskar plating and traditional piece. I mean, that's going to be a really tanky fighter um, or traditional war if you're going for a more offensive loadout with like missiles and stuff and um, and uh, optics. I mean, it's going to be a very very accurate fighter. So it's uh, it's definitely interesting how you can build that out. So think of it this way. So I have a, I have another question though, and then that maybe we just broke this kid already. That tradition of peace. So, so let's say while you defend, so that means your attacker is rolling first, right? And maybe this right. just answers the question. So the attacker has to modify all his dice before you modify yours, correct? So if, juke. So why you defend, right? So first the attacker will roll their dice, mm. then the defender gets to modify first, okay. and then after that the attacker modifies their attack dice. So if you re make them re-roll one of their crits. If you make them re-roll that, yeah, and then um, they re can they re-roll that dice again? But they or, cannot. No, yeah, because they rolled it, right? Yeah, correct. Oh, man, can you imagine magma magva with this? Like, yeah, like you can only re-roll one die, and you take tradition a piece, and you're like, no way, you you don't you 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 not only you re-rolled it, you're done, baby. Yeah, that is gross. Actually, combining it with Magma. <laughs> oh man! Give that's... me this in the game, AMG. I want this card. This will fix Magma or make her broken. One of the two. <laughs> yeah, this this would absolutely make her terrible, right? Like you have a, 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 a average roll, and then you make them re-roll the the one hit or one out of the two hits, and then you're done because Magma just shuts down everything else. That is gross. It is great, though. All right, I changed my mind. I'm running U-Wings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know it wouldn't work because it has to be generic. Right, but if you have her in the list. Oh, right? that's right, but if you have her in the list, uh, so dirty. Yeah. So dirty. yeah. But this yeah. shuts down that Predator re-roll, and that's why I was asking who does the order first because if you as an attacker roll your dice and then get to re-roll for Predator, can they make you re-roll that die again? No, no. And so the defender gets the priority first in that in that interaction. So they would uh, choose the re-roll first, and then it that's it. That's the only die you could you could re-roll. That's it. All right. So yeah. I if I roll three dice and I have predators, right? So I'm mm -hmm. Obi-Wan, I roll three dice. I get hit, eyeball, blank. You tradition a piece, you re-roll the hit, and that's it. That's all the re-rolls they can do. They can spend a focus or force for the focus, um, but that's it. That's the only re-roll they can do. But they can't re-roll the blank die with Predator. Yeah, no, because they're allowed only one re-roll in that, in that scenario. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. that, that's with magma. That's what you're saying. I'm saying, yeah, that's magma. with magma. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm saying without magma. Oh, without magma. Yeah. So you can force them to reroll the blank. And then if they have predator, then they can uh, reroll the focus or the blank results um, in that case and then spend any force or okay. focus. So hold on. Let's go back to that. Yeah. So if I get hit eyeball blank mm -hmm. and I tell them to reroll the blank and they reroll the blanket to a blank, they could pick that die up again and reroll it? No. No, they okay. would. They'll be able to either reroll the hit or the focus. I don't see why, but they could if they wanted to. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, granted, this only happens twice, um, so it can be burned down pretty easily. Um, but still, it's a nice little boost for generics in the game, which is something that we haven't seen from AMG 
Um, I, I don't think ever, ever since the, the beginning of 2.5, but it's just nice to see some love for generics um, in in this particular pack, making them a little more viable uh, for the game for this particular thing here. So it, it'll actually make me consider taking a look at, you know, different generics to see what has the best amount of loadout um, and slots um, so you can take advantage of it and um, and come up with some cool combos. Yeah. Well, we just saw Skull Squadron. They're pretty good. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and on top of that, this would actually make me consider running um, Drea Renthal, you know, and the in the Y wing um, because she provides those passive rerolls for non limited ships. So, uh, adding that in to a ship that can carry ordnance as well as have traditional peace to make them defensive or traditional war. Um, I mean, you you get basically two free rerolls if you wanted to, or one on offense and one on defense, and um, it make them a pretty good uh, pretty good ship to have in your list. Now there is a second scenario that could be played. The second scenario. The aggressor attempts to disrupt a military depot, preparing shipments of fuel and munitions by destroying as many cargo shuttles as they can. And the protector defends the cargo shuttles while they try to escape. So, okay. So I think we got the very first scenario wrong. The first scenario. It's basically salvage, but yes. you're bringing it back. Yeah. Yes. Salvage, but running away. The cargo shuttles are actually for the second scenario. It seems. Correct. Yeah. <clears throat> And the, the same, so the same thing we were saying, so we essentially described the second scenario first. So the yeah, first scenario yeah. is really just salvage. Okay, I don't know. I, I think this sounds fun, um, personally. Yeah. I like this. I feel I feel this is something I would I would participate in and um and, and oh the rewards are everybody who plays gets a clan trend uh clan training card, period. So yeah. you don't have to win, you just gotta play and you get a card. Yeah, and what's great about this too is that since it does come with two scenarios, you can essentially do this for the final two rounds of any particular event. You know, you could run the first, uh, the first event or the first scenario for the the first round when you're doing this, and then the second scenario for the following round after that, and um, just have more more time. You know, more different scenarios to uh, to provide for everybody attending in the event, and uh, you know, uh, give them more chances to win different prizes. So, yeah. Well, all right. I like it. I feel I feel good. I feel tonight uh, seemed to be pretty pretty fun. I mean, alternative formats. I will say we did not get to the Atari, the Cluster missile, or whatever it is. Here the, um, here's the Atari cluster. Yeah, yeah. Heroes <laughs> of the Atari cluster. What, what did I call it? Hot shots so, earlier. I think it's yeah. <laughs> so and and I'll talk about that briefly, meaning because I'm I'm a huge uh, fan of that that particular format. So um, if you're if you're new and you haven't really heard about Heroes of the Atari cluster, it is essentially a um, and basically an RPG that was made under the X-wing format. Um, so the more newer version of it essentially has you choose a uh, built out your own pilot. Um, from the beginning, right? That uh, usually start off with your choice of like either an X-wing or an A-wing or a Y-wing, and you go as a squad, meaning you yourself with other people in your group, uh, go out and, and as a squad to go take on uh, particular missions in a in a role play setting. As you um, get kills against enemy ships or complete uh, mission objectives, you gain experience, which allows you to buy upgrades and um, improve your pilot over time, um, eventually unlocking other. Um, 
other ships for you to earn and such and uh, and just really have like a nice customized experience this is a completely fan-based um uh format for x-wing uh that's been since the pretty much since x-wing 1.0 um if you haven't had time or if, uh if you've um, if you've been looking to do it, um, there are definitely a lot of great resources. There's a really good um, resource with DocuMate 312, uh, where you can go in and download all the documents for um, for that particular um, format. Uh, it is very flexible. You can either play with yourself or play with friends. I definitely recommend it. We're playing with a lot of people, um, especially if you can have one person who can act as the um, as the game master to help uh, make the game run smoothly. Um, it is a ton of fun. Highly recommended. Uh, tons of replayability, and it's it's just a great way to enjoy X-wing as an alternate format. Yeah, we've actually the we have a small group that's been playing that at our locals too. So nice. Well, all right. Well, I think tonight we're going to call it a night early just because it's uh, Mother's Day and, you know, we've all had long days and I have to get up super early tomorrow for work. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I, I like I said, these, these are the type of things I like to do, especially in off point season. You know, like, I don't know, it'd be fun. We could dissect the Nickel City League at some point, too, uh, once it's over with. But like, I think the big thing here is, is like, how do you provide, you know, like, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about like community building and things like that, you know, and I think these are the type of things that help build communities because when you come in and I will say that because we've had um, some newer players come to our league um, personally. So we we've seen, we've had like five people show up in the last month and three out of those five have been regular um, people who have bought in. Um, and, you know, one of them had won actually our droid soccer and was able to purchase their first ship <laughs> that they'd ever bought. And then that led them to buying more ships. <laughs> so now they have a small FO faction that they're starting to table. Right. And it's it, like, I don't always tell people to run these things as tournaments, but, you know, like you could do that, especially like if the majority of your league is local players that have been around and own a lot of things like it's fun like these droid soccer things like i run four jedis um and they did okay uh but whoever ran the kylo list like that just like dominated like <laughs> hands down and um you know like and that was their first like semi-tournament experience and then it was their first ability to you know actually like kind of get a feel of what happens and then they got excited and they, they started buying into the game. And, you know, once people start buying into the game, usually they come back, you know, like when you invest a couple hundred dollars, you, you don't like not play um, most of the time. So I don't know, like I, we provided these tonight in an effort to say, Hey, if you have some downtime at your locals or you want to change something up, these have all been played. They're a little bit tried and true, except for pride of Mandalore. Um, we have not played that yet. Um, but all of these have just been little fun things that you can, you can do to try to spice up your league a little bit um, without having to make it competitive. Cause we did try that. We did try having a competitive league and we, lo we lost a lot of people that after a couple of weeks, they're just like, eh, you know, like this isn't, you guys are playing these like crazy lists that are just like tearing me off the table. And, and, and in fairness, it's not fair, especially like I, I get a couple of games or I used to get two to three games in a week plus whatever I did at locals, you know, like for somebody that comes and plays one day a week, two games, 
running a very competitive league can be very hard on some of those players. So um, that's hence why I like Greg's format of a league with teams and everything so that you don't know what the matchups, um, you know, JJ can give, you know, heavier opponents to the, you know, players that are, that have spent more time, you know, playing or players that are a little bit more competitive to say, Hey, you know, you want to show your mantle play, you know, crispy this week. Um, yeah, fuck crispy. I tell you, <laughs> um, I somehow dodged crispy this this season. I don't know how, but that's probably JJ. JJ made made it so. No, I no, no, no. Crispy chose to play me this week, um, so I'll be playing him tomorrow, eight o'clock. Uh, we don't have a stream for it as of yet, right now, but uh, I'll be playing my uh, my last uh, my last game of the season uh, tomorrow, at eight o'clock. Uh, so uh, hopefully we do well. Um, I respect him so much. He's a great player, and uh, I definitely want to uh, make it a fun game and just go out on a high note for the season. All right. Well, that will do it for us tonight. Hopefully we get some points next week and we can build some lists. If we do not, we will be um, going back to our list archetype um, discussions, and maybe maybe we'll just do that. I don't know. We're not going to do that if we get no points. Um, if we don't get new points, we're going to go back to our list archetype discussion and maybe try to knock off a few more of those um, archetypes and get us closer to rounding out that series. With that being said, thank you all for joining us. If you would like, you can subscribe right here on Twitch. You can follow us on Twitch. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Or you can support us on Patreon. Thank you all. Have a good night, and we will see you on the morrow do you want to